0: Luke chapter 4 is where we'll be going today in the scripture. Luke chapter 4 and this passage that we're going to is right on the heels of of the time of, of trial and temptation in the wilderness of Jesus. That horrific confrontation with with the devil himself and the three temptations that are Recorded there in Scripture right after that in verse number 14 of chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And he went out, there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. That's verse 14 of Luke chapter 4. He returned from The wilderness with power of the Spirit goes into Galilee and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Verse 15 says that he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. He was accepted. He was embraced. He was even glorified, Scripture says, of all. The Christ of God, God manifest in the flesh is getting a hero's welcome here and reception in Galilee. Not coincidentally, the place of his birth, it was very nearly more than even he himself could have expected. the very next verse tells us, verse 16, that he came to... Nazareth where he had been brought up it's it's where he was raised it's where he grew up scripture says where he had been brought up and we are reading from the King James this morning and and it was there in Nazareth where this dance of popularity and acceptance would suddenly and certainly end Nazareth perhaps Perhaps the most beautiful village in all of Palestine, Nazareth. It's, it's white limestone houses built into the sides of the hills there and situated in this, this great green bowl there and surrounded by hills Nazareth from from any one of which uh, on a clear morning one could see the Mediterranean to the north and the snowy peaks of Mount Lebanon and 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 where the Bible says Jesus there was brought up it's where he grew up so the Savior is in Nazareth in the synagogue no less and it's recorded that it is on the Sabbath where when he stood to read there he recites in that passage in Luke 4 the, the the 700 year old prophetic utterance from from Isaiah who wrote the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. 19 says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And the biblical record is clear when it tells us that that having read those words in their hearing there, he closes the book and walks back over and sits down. I suppose not. uh, So surprisingly, the eyes of all of them that were gathered in the synagogue that day were upon uh, him uh, and looking at him and fastened uh, upon him. And his Jesus's response to their attention was to say, "This day, this very day, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? This day, uh, as of." this day all of this is available to you and apparently they received even that for verse 22 says for all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth until something happened until until somebody maybe got a glimpse or a, a memory and, a, and spoke the words is not this Joseph's son. Isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't that who who he is? And and the atmosphere was suddenly and surely altered at that moment. And he knew where it was going. Jesus himself knew. And he said, in so many words, in verse number 23, he said, You will say to me, Physician, heal thyself. Whatever you've done elsewhere, do here. And in that moment, uh, the manifestation of God that was before them in Jesus Christ, uh, the visible, physical manifestation of the Almighty lifted the shade on an incredibly powerful and pertinent truth uh, to all of us. When he told them, verse 25 through 27, that there were many widows, many widows in Israel during the days of Elijah. Many widows, many of them in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months. And great famine filled the land, but unto none of them was Elijah sent. There were many widows in that day, but not a single one in Israel was Elijah sent, save unto Zarephath, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Then he drove that dagger deeper still, and he says, there were many lepers Not just a couple. He said many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha and none, not a single one of them were cleansed save Naaman, the Syrian, not the Israelite, the Syrian. And all, every single one of them it says, in the synagogue, the same all who had just wondered at his gracious words. All of them were filled with wrath. They began to get angry and they rose up and thrust him out of the city. They actually ran him out of their own town, out of his own led him to the brow of a hill that they might cast him down headlong they tried to kill him they tried to kill him they they had understood perfectly what he had just said to them or more accurately what he said about about them they are people of promise folks these are Israelites they were the people of God people of promise God's chosen children keepers of the covenant of Abraham's seed and he Jesus had just suggested that although the kingdom for which they, they and their fathers had waited for generations had come Jesus had brought that that very day everything promised by the prophet the God the gospel is preached, the brokenhearted are healed, the captives delivered, the blind are made to see, the bruised are set at liberty. It all had come that very day. It was at their disposal now available. To them now, their poor hear the gospel. now their broken-hearted can be healed, their captives delivered, their blind recovered, their bruised set at liberty. It was all within their reach now. But owing to their low expectations and their lack of belief, their inordinate interest in His lineage, Instead of his lordship, his lineage, who, who was his father? Is not this uh, Joseph's son? He was giving notice to them that they were and indeed had always, uh, there had always been others. Uh, there were always others, perhaps not of their blessed seed, uh, but others that were needy. Others that, that needed a touch from him and willing to receive others for him in whom and through whom he could and indeed would and will work his wonders and bless and strengthen and touch and make a difference in their life but believing as they did that they had God in a box that they had an option upon him had him under lock and key they were enraged and they rose up and they ran him out of the city to the edge of the hill and would have Cast him down headlong to his death But scripture says that he passed through them in the midst Right in the very middle And went on his way It was Elijah's day That it was famine And in Elisha's day There was pestilence, there was disease In David's day it was the Philistines. For Jehoshaphat, it was the children of Mount Seir. Every generation, folks, every age, every people has an issue. Each age and each people comes with its own issue, with its own problems, with its own dilemma, with its own needs. And God is not only able to meet you whatever your need might be, but he is willing He's willing to work, willing to manifest His power if you have an issue. Sure, we all have issues, but we have a God that is willing to work on our behalf. We have a God that is not only willing and able, but He wants to help you. And He can make a difference in your life. And the record shows that when the people of promise do not believe in those promises... Do not accept, do not embrace. If they don't embrace and experience what God said He'll do, then that benevolence, that favor, that grace is bestowed upon others. Many widows in Israel, Jesus said. Many widows in Israel, but Elijah the prophet helps none of them. None of the ones in Israel. He goes to Zarephath to one outside of the canopy of covenant to one beyond the boundary of belief and when he challenges her to put God first even in a famine make a cake for me first and then for your son and yourself Uh, bake him a cake absent of the promise not knowing if she and her boy will live or die after doing so no guarantees from God but she bakes Elijah's cake first. Her barrel of me, meal, her cruse of oil, what, what she had to keep them alive in the famine began to multiply miraculously and, and was always enough. It was enough. It sustained her throughout this thousand days of famine and death. It never ran out. It never ran out. God continued to supply her needs. Jesus said there were many lepers, a lot many lepers in Israel not just a few not just one here and there there were many lepers in Israel for whom Elisha could have prayed the same prayer of faith that he prayed for Naaman the Syrian Naaman the captain of the host the king of Syria no less dreaded Syria perennial enemy of Israel strangers from the covenant without hope having no promise from God at all but when that little man Made, gave witness to God's power his power to heal leprosy Naaman drove his chariot some 120 miles from Damascus to Samaria only to be told uh, he's got about 30 more miles to go to dip in Jordan's muddy waters Despite the fact that his own servants had to compel him to go against all reason, against all odds, still yet he obeyed. He did it. He went, he dipped, he washed, and he received the flesh of a child brand, brand new. Although there were many lepers in Israel who did not get healed, Naaman, an outsider, Naaman, a Syrian, got healed. God will work, folks. God will work if you will but let him, if you will allow him, if you will open up your heart and say, God, I believe. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Not for somebody else. Do it for me. That's not saying we don't want somebody else to get it to whosoever will let him come. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Since God is going to do it, since God is going to work, since God is going to move, he's going to do something for somebody, somewhere. It might as well be you, it might as well be me, it might as well be here, and it might as well be now. Lord, right here, right now. Lord, right here, right now. Lord, right here, right now. Let that be your prayer. No matter the challenge of our times, he is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Every need. If it's famine, he's food to the hungry. If it's leprosy, he's the healer of all our diseases. If it's finances, he's the God who giveth man the power to get wealth. If it's discouragement, he's the lifter of our head. If we're lost, he's the way, the truth truth and the life. If we're broken he can put us back together. If it's resources he'll supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. If it's temptation he's the God who delivers us from evil. If it's sin he's the savior that is unto us. Unto us is born. God if you're going to feed anybody if you're going to bless anybody it might as well be us right here, right now come on somebody give him praise If you're going to feed anybody in famine, feed me, Lord. If you're going to heal anybody of sickness, heal me, Lord. If you're going to help anyone in trouble, help me, Lord. If you're going to deliver anybody, Lord, deliver me, Lord. Deliver me, Lord. Heaven, help me to posture myself. Help us to posture ourselves for the glory to be poured out in our lives. So that God, when you work, Work here, work now. When you supply, supply here, supply now. When you bless, bless here, bless now. When you save, save here, save now. Thankful for those that were baptized in Jesus' name last week. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. <clears throat> Nazareth asked, is Is not this the son of the carpenter? Isn't this Joseph's son? Familiarity breeds contempt. Too, too often they're among them too frequently in their presence. You see them all the time, and then and therefore you, you, you don't believe much. It, 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 wasn't he raised right here? Did, didn't we see him uh, when he was little? He grew up right uh, here. A prophet is without honor, save in his own uh, country. To them, he, he was just Joseph's boy, Joseph's son. Could it be that for some of us it's just another Sunday morning? For some of us it's just uh, just another prayer. For some of us it's maybe just another another song and another sermon, uh, another altar appeal, and just a, a few moments from now uh, another praise, uh, another prayer meeting, uh, 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 just another small group. Could it be that? For some of us, he actually came with the intent on healing our broken hearts, with the intent on recovering our sight, delivering our captives, set at liberty our bruised, but for whatever reason, he's driven away. For whatever reason, he goes away to do something else, somewhere else for someone else. Just read the narrative. It's clear. He he kept walking. He moved uh, right amongst them through their midst out of his hometown where he was raised or where he was brought up. He left uh, Nazareth. He moved on 20 miles. You continue reading uh, in that same chapter. He went from Nazareth to uh, Capernaum and and taught them there at Capernaum on uh, the Sabbath days. Uh, And they were astonished, uh, for his word was with power. An authority not as the scribes he found somebody jesus did he found a people who could still be astonished and at least two places in the biblical record capernaum not nazareth is called his own city folks i want jesus to know he's at home when he comes here he's at home when he comes here 20 miles away in Capernaum unlike the most, uh, among the most unlikely people he healed uh, many that were sick uh, of diverse diseases. He cast out uh, many devils. Uh, that folks uh, is what is recorded uh, in the Bible. In Capernaum he in Matthew, Matthew 8, 5 uh, and the reading there healed the centurion servant uh, that was paralyzed. Uh, in Mark 2 he delivered a palsy paralytic uh, that was carried of four friends. He raised up Peter's mother-in-law from a bed of affliction. Where? Capernaum. He cured the nobleman's son in Capernaum. He called a few fishermen, namely Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and the tax collector, Matthew. He called them there. He delivered his message on the bread of life that cometh down from heaven. Where? Capernaum. He did that there. He cast out unclean spirits, and he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead in Capernaum not in Nazareth he did those things in Capernaum he'd gone to Nazareth he went to Nazareth to launch his ministry to to make it his own city after all that's where he was brought up but they drove him out of town So he went down the road, he went down the road a little further, some 20 miles, and he did many, many, not just one or two, he did many mighty works that doubtless were intended for Nazareth. But in Capernaum, even the devils he cast out called him Jesus of Nazareth. Even the devils knew who he was and believed in him. They knew who he was and where he had intended to work. The Syrophoenician woman, not an Israelite, the Syrophoenician woman comes to him and says, Lord uh, my daughter is grievously vexed uh, of a devil and he answered her not a word the disciples come and said Jesus send her away for for she troubles us, she's she's after us just just tell her to go on and and she worships Jesus uh, and and Jesus responds and says, look uh, it's not meet to cast the children's bread unto dogs Uh, look, uh, I'm come to the house hold of Israel she was a Syrophoenician woman she was uh, an outsider he said I can't cast the children's bread on the dogs but she kept coming she kept petitioning she kept asking she kept requesting and she said truth Lord Yet the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And she says, oh, he said, oh, woman, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, heaven, as you have said. Syrophoenician woman, not an Israelite. It was a centurion in Luke chapter 7 comes to Jesus, I've got a servant at home, Elias sick and Jesus said, I'll come to him and the centurion I'm a man of authority and I tell this one go and he goes and I tell this one come and he comes, he says speak the word only and my servant will be healed and Jesus said he said oh great faith great faith so much so I have not even seen in Israel it's done just as you've asked. It was by the Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sat at the wayside begging, begging, begging. And Jesus was on his way there. And when he heard that it was Jesus coming, he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me quiet don't trouble the master he's a blind beggar but he cried all the more he he yelled all the more he he, he got the attention of the lord till so the bible says that jesus stood still Got his attention it, it arrested his attention that that faith and and that worship and that, that reaching out that that seeking after him stopped jesus in his tracks he went to him bring him to me what would you have me to do that i might receive my side and he was healed Woman with the issue of blood had, had, had thought in her mind and, and had said in her mind that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can respond with faith, I believe that I will be made whole. She said that within herself and she had to press uh, through the crowd she had to she had to move she had to she had to have some energy that maybe she didn't have uh, some force that she didn't have but but she went ahead and put it forth because she believed she'd said it within herself that that if I touch him I shall be made whole and when she got to him pressed through the crowd in her weakened and sickened state and got to where he was and touched him Jesus stopped and said who touched me his disciples said, How can you ask that question, Lord? There, there, there's throngs around you. We've been bumping into you. This is a crowd here. How, how can you say who touched you? You know, oh, there might have been people bumping into me, but somebody touched me in a different way. Somebody reached out and touched me, for I felt virtue leave my body. And She said it was I and Told the story and he said be of good cheer Woman daughter Daughter be of good cheer And He healed her and she went on uh, Went on her way And folks we have to make a choice uh, We have to make an individual choice Ourselves uh, even today Individually as well as Collectively whether to be hostile Or to be hospitable Whether to reject uh, or whether to Accept uh, whether to welcome uh, To evict him or to to entertain him, to quench his spirit, or to allow him to work in our midst. It was only 20 miles, but they were worlds apart. The woman at Zarephath obeyed. She obeyed in a famine. She put God first, making a cake for Elijah first, against all odds, and provision followed her. Through famine... Naaman the leper obeyed Even hesitantly His faith wasn't perfect maybe But he did end up obeying And he was made whole Acts 13 and 41 says Behold ye despisers and wonder and perish For I work a work in your days A work which ye shall in no wise believe Though a man declare it unto you Lord we believe Lord we accept Lord we uh, we invite uh, Lord right here right now. We want you to come. We want you to work. We want you to make a difference in lives right here right now. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. When the Jews were gone out of the synagogue. Remember Jews Israelites called covenant Promises, provision given, placed upon them. The Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them. They were hungry. They they wanted it. God responds, folks, to our faith. It doesn't matter your culture. It doesn't matter your language. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue, whosoever will, let him come. Let him come. We can posture ourselves. We can position ourselves to experience the supernatural of God. Lord, right here, right now, we believe, Lord, have your divine way. Miracles, by definition, are a violation of natural laws. Natural law says this can't happen. But a miracle, boom, it happens. It's a violation of the natural laws. All like well-trained trial lawyers, we instinctively object to any such violation. It goes against common knowledge. It goes against what we believe. It goes against what we know. Folks say science, science, science. Folks, it doesn't matter what science says. It's what the Bible says. Science changes through the years. Through the years, study it. See it. And folks say, oh, you can't can't argue with science. I'll tell you what you can't argue with. You cannot argue with the forever settled word of God. That's what you can't argue with. Look through history. Facts, quote unquote facts, change throughout history. In the day that we live today. And the Bible declared it declares that of old in the old testament that they will turn a lie into the truth and folks if we are not living in that day right now today more than ever before common culture behaviors of the culture what the world says is right I read an article just this week about Connecticut girls track and, and, and they were so upset and the, the girls were so upset because though they might have been the best in the entire state they did not win the championships and they did not win the state title why? because they were competing against men competing against boys who wanted to call themselves girls folks you can argue science all you want, but you can't argue the Bible. What the Bible says is true is true. That does not change with time. That does not change with, with a few people getting in a room and say, oh, well, we don't want to offend this one. You know, maybe they feel like this. We don't want to hurt their feelings. Believe the Bible, folks. As the day grows closer, and it's growing closer even right now, As the end day draws closer, it's going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. If you don't know what you believe, you better settle it right now. You better settle it. Study the scriptures. Know them for yourself. It can't just be what I tell you. can't be what grandma tells you. can't be what mom or dad tells you. You have to settle it in your own heart, in your own mind for yourself let god be true and every man a liar somebody give the lord a hand miracles are not logical and our natural tendency is to explain away what we cannot explain skepticism is a predisposition towards disbelief that is prejudiced by past experiences what's happened in the past has somehow clouded clouded minds skeptics throw the baby out with the bathwater so to speak because they cannot filter out what is false folks the bible is our filter the bible is our filter not what people think, not what philosophy may say, not what one may think or or, or or come up with due to experience. The Bible is our filter. They have a dormant disappointment. Maybe you've prayed for a miracle, but it, but it feels like God didn't hear a word that you say or you didn't see any results from it. I, I can't explain why some prayers aren't answered when we ask or, or why some miracles don't happen the way we want, but it's a mistake to allow a single disappointment to Make you throw in the miracle towel altogether. We pull back on the reins of faith because we don't want to feel the sting of disappointment again. So we're kind of, we're kind of jaded in our thinking by past experiences. In 1911, a Swiss psychologist was treating a 47-year-old patient with no short-term memory. At the beginning of every appointment, they would customarily shake hands. And then one day. The the, the 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 doctor decided to perform a little experiment. When his patient reached out to shake his hand, he had a pin concealed in his hand. And he stuck her with that pen. Remember, no short-term memory. No short-term memory. Stuck her with the pen and she quickly withdrew her hand in pain. A few minutes later, she had no memory of the pin prick. She had no memory that it that it took place. But from that moment on, she would not shake hands with him. She wouldn't stick her hand out and, and, and shake it. She wasn't sure why. She didn't, she didn't remember the episode. She didn't have that short-term memory, but, but she felt like she could not completely trust him. The residue of of pain kept her from from reaching her hand out and and, then you think of a disappointment Uh, think of a disappointment in your life as that as that pinprick Uh, it hurts Uh, and when we experience a disappointment of uh, of the faith variety many of us uh, stop reaching our hand out towards God because we withdraw it because it hurts we withdraw it and we don't want to do that we we want to protect ourselves from that disappointment from that from that pain is not this the carpenter's son is not this the son of Joseph maybe you're in the house and you need a miracle in your life Maybe you're here and and you need a miracle. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's deliverance. Maybe it's provision. Maybe it's a family need. You need Jesus to do something that you cannot do. You can't get it done by yourself. You you need the Lord to step in, step in and do it for you. You can't get it done without, without him. That's one of those. Bow your heads right now. Close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Who is that in the house this morning? You have a need in your life that you cannot get done without the Lord, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Several hands, several hands. You can put your hand down. Second group of people in the house this morning, you've never received the fullness of what God has provided when he came down to the earth as Jesus Christ, God made visible in flesh. He came that you might have life that you might have it to its fullest, that you might live life more abundantly. You begin that life in Christ, first of all, by simply, simply believing, simply believing it's for you, believing that Jesus paid the price for your sins, uh, for your right standing with God. Now, it won't be the last time, but you have to have a first time that you repent uh, of all your sins, that you ask God uh, to forgive you of your past. Uh, Inward change of mind, repentance is a religious term that simply means an inward change of mind and an outward change of direction that's a simplified uh, meaning Uh, it's change Uh, it's change Uh, bible says that godly sorrow worketh repentance Uh, we come for forgiveness lord i'm sorry for my mistakes Sorry for my sins. Sorry for my ways that are contrary to your ways. And I ask you, God, to help me, to forgive me, to cleanse me of my wrong, to make me new. And you can be baptized as some were last week in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. You can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the Spirit of God, and there's nothing to compare to it in this entire world. I don't have words to explain how good it is. It's the spirit of God not just being with you but living in you. And then thirdly there's some here that maybe maybe and thirdly but not leastly of these sometimes things, sometimes upbringing sometimes past experiences have caused people to see things or filter life through your past experiences listen to me now, it's like that pin prick in your hand you have life experiences that you filter yourself through and the experiences that happen day to day are coming through that filter, some take things as personal attacks upon them when they're really not it's really not anything personal, it's become a spiritual thing because of the wrong thinking that becomes a social associated with it. You've got to leave the Nazareth thinking and get a Capernaum mindset God is good all the time Lord let it melt me but never allow it to harden me shape me Lord I need you to help me. It's time you quit allowing bitterness to rule your heart and mind There's times when you have to get over it You have to put a smile on your face and say the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if you're struggling with something right now. Maybe it's forgiveness. Uh, you don't see how you can forgive them. Uh, they're the wrong party. How do I? How do I reward them by forgiving? Uh, you can't believe that God will do it for you. Uh, if that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed right now, could you lift up your hand? Could you lift up your hand and say that's me? Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, everybody stand to your feet right now. Everybody stand to your feet right now. Several hands went up just a moment ago we've got to have God we've got to have God we've got to have him Don't allow past experiences uh, to filter out uh, what God can do and what God will do uh, in your life uh, if you will but believe Him, if you will but accept uh, what He's doing. Uh, Come on, let's worship Him all across this house. Uh, Let's lift Him up all across this house. Uh, We need You, Lord. Uh, We believe, God. Uh, We don't want a Nazareth mindset. Uh, We don't want to pick it apart, Lord. Uh, We don't want to see the... uh, uh, the familiarity of oh is this not uh, Joseph's son uh, and we've seen this before or we've heard this before we've experienced that before and it didn't work out it, it didn't do like you're saying come on no we need a Capernaum mindset that says Lord uh, right here right now Lord uh, right here right now I believe God uh, and I need you I accept you God do what you want to do in in my life, come on, let's lift our hands. Uh, let's lift our hands. We need you, God. We need you, God. Come on, begin to reach out to Him. Begin to reach out to Him all across this house. Begin to reach out to Him all across this house, Lord, right here, right now, right here, right now. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe. You, Lord. I believe